You're listening to a Corridor Business Journal podcast. This is Tom Selig. I'm a senior vice president of a bank. I used to be a lawyer. I like to make connections, and sometimes amazing things happen. That's what this podcast is about, when the magic happens. Today, my guest on the podcast is Jerry Flagel. Jerry is the president and CEO of the Hoover Presidential Foundation. Jerry is from West Branch and has had a long career in the grocery store business and also in the nonprofit area. You know, people ask me what our philosophy is at, at the Hoover Presidential Foundation, and it's important we have a culture of serving, uh, which is be just like Herbert Hoover. And one of the things that I always say, you know, if you're ever in doubt what to do is, you know, it's WWHD. What would Hoover do? So stick around. We'll be right back. This episode of Tom's New Best Friend is brought to you by West Bank, a community bank since 1893, nationally recognized by Raymond James as a top-performing community bank, prioritizing community, responsive to local needs. West Bank, member FDIC. Well, I'm excited to have uh, Jerry Flagel here today as my uh, guest on my podcast, my new best friend. Jerry is the president and CEO of the Hoover Presidential Foundation. So um, I've been out there a few times uh, seeing the, the library, but Jerry runs the foundation, which uh, as I understand is the fundraising arm of the operation. Is that correct, Jerry? That, that is correct, yes, yeah. The uh, Hoover Presidential Library is run by National Archives. We're a private foundation that does all the extra things uh, to help support them. So what, when the funds you raise, how are they used for, for the, uh, the library? Sure. Uh, well, what we do, uh, we'll raise money for the library. The library right now uh, with National Archives is uh, the federal government pays for the upkeep of the building, for salaries, uh, but really anything else, programs, exhibits, uh, special ex- exhibitions, all those have to be raised by private funds, and that's what our function at the Hoover Presidential Foundation is. Yeah, I guess as a consumer, and when I go out there, I guess the things I see are these exhibits. That's funded by your group. That's correct, yes. Okay, well, that's important. Those are the best part of the library. I mean, I'm not, you know, the the, the exhibits and, and those interactive things I see out there. Well, er, and early on, I think it was recognized that, uh, you know, the presidential library museums is if you, you, what you wanted to create was an environment where people would come back and visit frequently. Right. If you come to the museum and it hasn't changed for 20 or 30 years, there's no per, there's not, not another reason to come back other than if you just really enjoy it. So with uh, uh, special exhibits that we do, uh, that's to create an additional trip for people to come, for people to invite other people that may be in town out to see the special exhibit, and then uh, concurrently also usually go through our permanent galleries on that. Well, good. Well, let's talk about who you are and where you came from. Uh, I think we talked briefly. You, you're from West Branch, Iowa. I grew up in <laughs> West Branch, yes, and uh, very proud of it. I uh, graduated from West Branch High School and uh, uh, actually be, um, began working uh, in West Branch when, uh, when I got out of high school. Right, then you told me you're in the grocery store business. That became your early career. Is that right? Uh, more by accident than anything. I was working in a grocery store in West Branch part-time uh, on there. And then when I uh, uh, decided that uh, school wasn't a fit for me, uh, I went to work full-time in the grocery store in West Branch. And uh, it's kind of funny as I, I, I went to work for two fifty an hour, 40 hours a week. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> and, you know, so my gross pay for the year was going to be $5,200 a year. And Tom, uh, I always said, 
my goal in life was to be ten, make 10000 a year and I'd be happy. Yeah. <laughs> Times have changed. <laughs> but in the grocery store, you, you went on and continued on that business, right? And I, I did. Uh, you know, really lo- loved it. Uh, and uh, ended up managing the store in West Branch for seven years uh, on there. And I, I worked for an absentee owner. And it was one of those where he gave me a lot of freedom to do whatever I needed to do on there to be successful. And after a few years, it's like, you know, I can probably do this on my own. So I had saved up enough money and uh, eventually purchased a store in Brooklyn, Iowa in 1985. I uh, was there for almost five years, sold that store and went to Waterloo. And at one time I had three stores in the Waterloo area. Wow. So. That's interesting. So you were uh, owner and operator for many years, 20 years or so? Uh, yes, yes, yeah. Uh, and finally in 1995, I decided to... Uh, um, I had three boys, and I was I was spending a lot more time working than I was ha- being able to have family time. I mean, retail is a it's a time consuming oh, business. That, that's real work, yeah. Anyway, so um, so at that time, I made the decision to sell the stores, and and uh, did, and uh, and then I, I stayed in the in the business per se, is because uh, the Iowa Grocery Industry Association, and I was on the board, and actually I was their youngest chairman. At one time, when the executive retired, I was approached about uh, taking that position, and ultimately I applied and was successful in getting that, and uh, uh, ran the pre- was president and CEO of the Iowa Grocery Industry Association in Des Moines for 15 years. So you lived in Des Moines then? I lived in Des Moines for 15 years, so I kind of make it a, 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 a circular route to Brooklyn, to the Waterloo <laughs> area, to Des Moines, and now I'm back here, right. back home. Well, tell me how you got to the foundation then. Great, great. Um, well, uh, foundation had had an opening uh, on there, and uh, it was interesting because, um, you know, you would heard different things, and, and uh, the uh, board chair at the time was Charlie Becker, uh, ran, runs Camp Courageous. And mm-hmm. so I asked, I did some checking and people, and I said, so you know Charlie, and oh, yeah, great guy. You need to really talk with him, so mm-hmm. forth like that. So I, cl- I applied and talked with Charlie and, and uh uh, went through the whole process, and uh, uh, it was pretty thorough, um, um, and was interviewed and was very fortunate to be selected and started on President's Day 2013. Wow, that's a great story. So um, I know you have a great staff out there. You might talk about some of those people who work with you in the at the foundation. Oh, that, uh, absolutely, and, and, and they are wonderful, and we're like family. Uh, we're, we're pretty tight-knit. Uh, on there. Our uh, vice president of development is Mundy McCarty. Uh, mm-hmm. And Mundy is also uh, grew up in West Branch right. uh, on there. Of course, she's married to Sean uh, yep. on there. So um, and so Mundy has, has been there four and a half years and does a terrific job uh, on that. Our uh, communications director is Brad Reiners. Uh, and Brad has been with us almost eight years now uh, on there. And he came through us. Uh, he was with Bandag for a while. He actually was a TV news uh, director for mm. nine years in, in, in uh, Indiana on that. Um, Shelly Mott is our newest uh, person that came to work for us, and Shelly is uh, our executive director for planned giving. Uh, it's a new development position, and of course, Shelly had been with the Center for Advancement at the University right. of yeah. Iowa, yeah. and <clears throat> actually, uh, her and Mundy are actually distant, like two, second or third cousins oh, is that related right? on there. And I, I, know I didn't Shelley know Samuel, that's interesting. Didn't, didn't know that. So anyway, so Shelly's been a terrific addition as well uh, on there. And then we have uh, Deline McConaughey. Deline is uh, uh, our basically run uh, w- for several years worked and ran the Uncommon Student Award program for us. And she currently uh, now is uh, working on our capital campaign. She's our capital campaign manager. She's, I call, the one that makes the trains run. She's very detail-oriented and does a great job with that. 
Uh, Joan Mosk is our uh, administrative assistant office manager. Uh, Joan is uh, a native of West Branch on mm-hmm. there and uh, and does a terrific job. Uh, Ryan Johnson is our finance manager and facilities manager. And uh, Ryan has been with us uh, about 11 years, 10 years now. Be 10 oh, years in May. <clears throat> the great group. And then, our, uh, and then Tiffany uh, Frederick. Um, yep. Is our uh, she now currently took Delane's place running the Uncommon Student Award program, and also uh, we're going to be doing a lot more events with our upcoming capital campaign. And Tiffany's got some great experience on that, and we're going to have a big announcement on that pretty soon uh, uh, with an event coming this fall. We'll get it. We'll come back to that. I mean, I want to talk about who you are a little more about mm-hmm. your family, and uh, you have some children and you have grandchildren so to, to get, give us the background you're, you've been well, married a long been, time I, i've been very blessed uh, uh my wife linda and i've been married for 38 years uh, wow. on there and uh she's a native native iowan on their retired nurse uh she we actually met when uh, she was working here in iowa city at university hospitals uh we've got three sons uh mark scott and michael uh mark is our oldest and uh uh, he's married in the Urbandale area, and, and uh, we've got two grandsons, uh, Carter and Ethan. Carter just turned seven. Ethan is four, uh, and they are loads of fun. I, and that's one <laughs> of the things that we, I just, you know, I, yeah. we have we have a great time, and they love coming to Coralville and visit us and, and so forth like that. Our middle son, Scott, uh, just got married about uh, a year and a half ago, uh, lives in the Des Moines area, and he just had a new son, uh, Jack. And uh, so he's the newest addition. Jack's five months old. And uh, in fact, actually, my wife is up there today just helping out babysitting. Like sure, uh, yeah. She loves being grandma. <clears throat> my youngest son, Michael, uh, actually lives in Chicago uh, and he is married. And uh, ironically, he works for the Center for Advancement for the University of Iowa, but they allow him to work remotely from Chicago on that. And he comes back to uh, Iowa City periodically when he has meetings and yeah. And uh, ends up staying in the basement of my house. And uh, I told him I'm going to have to figure out a reservation system so he can just register <laughs> online. So, but uh, right. it, it's it's nice because then it, we get to see him frequently. Yeah. Plus, he's followed your footsteps a little bit in the nonprofit. Yes. Yes. We we do talk some nonprofit shop now. <laughs> well, good. That's great. Well, tell me about um, your hobbies, your interests outside work besides the family. Uh, well, I tell you, I love golf. Uh, golf. On okay. There. Um, um, I, I'm not real good at it. I'm a, I, I like to say I'm a bogey golfer, but uh, really enjoy it on there. Mm-hmm. I had an opportunity to start playing in high school and uh, um, just just really enjoy it. And uh, my three sons all picked up the game. And so I always I, I always said I had an ulterior motive is with my sons played golf as that was always a great t- excuse to go out and have father son time to sure. take the kids yep. out. So but we still get together two, three times a year to play together as, as all four of us. And uh and really enjoy that. And of course, uh, being li- living around Iowa City or, and in Iowa my entire life, I'm just a huge University of Iowa Hawkeye fan. Mm-hmm. Football, uh, I've had season football tickets since uh, Hayden Fry's first year. Right. So uh, but I used to laugh at people that said they had season tickets for 40 or 50 years, and now I'm in that class. So, <laughs> right. Uh, but, uh, and then uh, basketball, I've had uh, men's basketball tickets for 30 some years. And uh, when we moved back to Coral, when we moved to Coralville in 2013, uh, really, uh, we started going to women's basketball games and have been a season ticket holder uh, really since Megan Gustafson's sophomore year. Right. So, uh, and really thoroughly enjoy that as well. Yeah, the women's games we are we had tickets too, and it's been a fun year to watch. Caitlin Clark and this team's just been amazing. So. It, it has, and if I, I, they they play a fast brand, I call it a clean brand of basketball exactly. on there. And Caitlin. <clears throat> Clark, you, you've got. If you haven't seen her, you need to go see a game yeah. in person. It's something to see. Just, just sort of fun. 
I think you mentioned too you're a, you're a baseball fan too. I am a big St. Louis Cardinals baseball fan, so uh, I take a lot more abuse around here. It seems like there's more Cub fans than Cardinal fans, right. but uh, I love the give and take. And uh, uh, it, actually, when we go in to see our son in Chicago, we oftentimes time it up when the Cardinals are playing uh, the Cubs at Wrigley Field. So. Um, I, I take plenty of abuse there as well. So, <laughs> right, I can imagine. I can imagine. Well, tell me about the other things. You 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 travel much in your spare time, or you uh, I, I, we? I, my wife and I like to travel uh, on there. And of course, the last couple of years we haven't been able to go really anywhere sure. on there. Although saying that on it is, is we just got back from a month in Florida. Um, oh, first time I've ever done this, where I've taken a month off. And one of the things we learned during this pandemic is how you can work remotely from home. So. Um, when I was down in Florida, I, you know, worked about half the days and, sure. uh, it was zoom with, uh, the staff back here. And, and then the other half I'd take off and try and hit golf balls or go out and play golf or, uh, just relax and sit by the pool. It's, uh, yeah. February and, and, uh, is, is sometimes a good month to be away from Iowa if you can. <laughs> no, I agree. Winter is still hanging around. It is. You it a little is. Break so I got from... back just in time for the snowstorm. So. Yeah, that's great. Well, now tell us about uh, you have this capital campaign and what what the goals are, how the money will be used. Sure. Well, one of the things uh, uh, that I when I came in 2013 was is you know we need to do a museum renovation on there was was the talk with the board, and it's just been it taken some time to put together and get the right people into into place on there, but. Uh, what the Board of Trustees uh, decided two years ago was is we really needed to do a museum renovation. Our last uh, time that the museum had been renovated was 1992 when they did the last expansion. Uh, most museums get renovated every 12 to 15 years, mm -hmm. so we're, it's been nearly 30 years now for us. So we've already missed one complete cycle on there. In fact, of the uh, 13 NARA presidential museums, uh, we're the last one that hasn't been renovated. So. Uh, it was time, and one of the things that we wanted to do is make sure that we did it right. Uh, so we uh, undertook a process as far as uh, with concept design uh, and, and had four firms come in and make presentations. Uh, and all had pre previous experience doing presidential libraries, except for one out of Ohio, which surprisingly did a great job and probably was a close number two. But ultimately we selected, and we thought all of them would give us a good product, but the one that we selected was BRC Imagination Arts, and they're out of Burbank, California. And people are gonna say, so what are you doing with them? <laughs> um, but <clears throat> BRC Imagination Arts was the one that did the Lincoln Presidential Library Museum in Springfield. And for mm -hmm. those of you that have been over to Springfield, you know what I'm talking about. It's an out, yeah, I've, I've been, been there, to, yeah. Know, I've yeah. been to all the presidential <laughs> museums and I think that's still the best one, even mm -hmm. though it's 16 years old now mm -hmm. uh, on there. So BRC Imagination Arts put together a great concept. They're great storytellers. And, and one of the things that I think sometimes we um, are amiss at with uh, Herbert Hoover is, is he's got tremendous, I call statistics. I mean, he saved millions and millions of lives. He's done a lot of different things uh, on there, but it's all about statistics. And really Herbert Hoover, had lived to be 90 years old and had a full life. And uh, it's a tremendous life story where, you know, he basically would get, you know, get knocked down and get back up again and, 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 and go on to, to bigger and better things and get knocked down and get come back up again. Uh, and just, uh, it's a great human story. I don't know why it hasn't become a movie, really, to tell right. you the truth on there. Um, but anyway, so BRC Imagination Arts really latched onto that, the story, and so they're tremendous storytellers. The new museum will be very interactive. It'll be very, um, when you walk around the corner to the next gallery, 
uh, you're going to get surprised. I mean, and that's one of the things uh, I think of a mark of a good museum is when you walk around the corner, uh, you're not going to, you want to give them something that they're not quite expecting right. on there. You don't want them to always, oh, I know what's coming next. So they're, they've done a terrific job laying it out. So one of the things, obviously, and I, I like to bar, borrow Gary Barta's uh, um, phrase that, you know, vision without resources is irrelevant uh, on there. <laughs> right. and, and I, I've used that with our board many times. Yeah. And so we've got a great vision, but now we got to have the resources on there. So part of it is, is we did a feasibility study. Um, and uh, we were very fortunate that the uh, Iowa legislature and Governor Reynolds signed last year uh, $5 million in Hoover tax credits. Now, the $5 million in tax credits don't come to the foundation or the library. They're for individuals in Iowa that pay Iowa taxes that will donate to the Hoover Mu Library Museum uh, renovation campaign on there. So it works very similar to the Endow Iowa tax credit. Right. Yeah. Uh, where, in other words, if you were to give $100 to the museum renovation, you'll get a $25 uh, dollar tax credit on there. So uh, it's been it's been real popular. Um, the tax credits uh, only have a certain life. We have to use them up by the end of 2023. So our capital campaign, we're full speed right now. We, we're, we say we're in the quiet phase, but we'll talk to anybody. <laughs> yeah. uh, they can there, call you anything they want, right? Any, but, uh, but anyway, we're really getting out there this year and then next to uh, raise our goal of $20 million on there. And I think it's doable, uh, mm -hmm. definitely on there. We've had a good start. We've still got a ways to go yet uh, on there, but uh, we're very optimistic that we'll make our goal. That's exciting. Well, I'm curious when they'll be. Will it be done now? If you have to that, raise, that, the, that's the, great. You have to raise uh, well, the money one, first, right? Got to raise the money first. One of the things that National Archives requires is, and it's and it's justified, is you know if we're going to take sledgehammers to their building and tear it completely apart, you know we've got to pay for it. They want to make sure that you got the money to pay for sure. it. So we have to raise ninety percent of our of our uh, amount before we can start construction on there. So our goal tentatively as May or June of 2023 that we would be at 90%. And if we can do that, then we would start construction uh, on there. Basically, it'll be a complete demolition of the museum portion of the, uh, of the uh, facility. We won't touch the library and the archives in back mm -hmm. on there. It's going to be focused strictly on the museum. Uh, we're looking at a about a 2,500-square-foot addition that we would mm -hmm. put on the front that would help facilitate movement for people. Uh, on there and uh, and then our goal is to have the grand rededication on Herbert Hoover's 150th birthday which is August 10th uh, 2024 which ironically is a Saturday so um, <laughs> anyway so it's uh, uh, looking forward to that uh, on there so well that'd be a huge asset uh, for this part of the state and the state of Iowa I mean it would be a major thing it, it is a, it, it will be and especially I, I call for the Iowa City uh, uh, Cedar Rapids corridor mm -hmm. on there I mean there's only 13 presidential li not National Archives presidential libraries in the country, and we got one of them in right. West Branch, which is 15 minutes from where we're sitting at right now, Tom. So uh, it's a tremendous asset. Uh, you know, it's like talking with Josh Amberger. Josh recognizes very easily this is a this helps draw for the whole area on right. there. So uh, it's, it's it'll be exciting on there. And of course, we're you know West Branch and and the park. And the library are located right off of Interstate 80, which is I call Main Street for uh, the United States uh, on there. So uh, uh, we think that if we do a good job marketing and signing so forth like that, that we will also pick up a lot of tourist traffic through. Right. I think about my, my grandchildren. That'd be going to a library or a museum can be pretty boring, but if it's 
up to date, interactive. It, it changes the whole thing. It, it, the, it's a, a real, true learning experience. It, for it is. Uh, in fact, uh, over Christmas, my two grandson, my two oldest grandsons, came down and was with my wife, and you know, they came over and they went through. They went through the. We had a Da Vinci special exhibit, which is interactive for kids. But they spent more time in the permanent galleries and learned more than the they ever had before and they really enjoyed that they spent more time in there than they did in the da vinci exhibit right. uh, on there so i think it's 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 a wonderful opportunity and uh and especially with the interactivity kids are going to enjoy it and and frankly adults are going to enjoy it too it's not like we're, we're tar- we, we want to have a product that appeals to all ages so if i understand this if you everything goes well you might start by may of next year right and it's over a year to remodel it. Will you close down then for that? We'll have frame? to close the museum. I'm pretty sure we'll have to close the museum right. portion. The library portion will still stay open. Uh, we're hopeful that we would still be able to do some programming there. Right. Uh, one of the things that the foundation was able to do this last year is uh, is we purchased a new building, uh, new to us, I call mm-hmm. in West Branch, that, uh, and, and we've created some open space uh, that we can do some programming in, not as much as we sure. can with the library, but it's going to give us an opportunity. We can still do live programming and hold hold special events in there as well. So, well, I know I think Margaret Hoover's involved with this campaign now. Is she the how is she related to Herbert Hoover? Well, that's that's a great <laughs> question. Margaret is the great granddaughter of wow. Herbert Hoover uh, on there, and Margaret is uh, one of the co-chairs for the campaign. And of course, you know, uh, chairs of a campaign are so are so crucial because. That you know, you need to have some that are visible, that are active. That I call the best best person you can get is somebody that you know they'll, they'll always take. So, somebody will always take their phone call. Right. And so we were very fortunate. Uh, uh, Governor Terry Branstead is as uh, as our other co-chair, right. and obviously that's a household name in Iowa, and especially with the Iowa tax credit, the Hoover tax credit mm-hmm. that we've got. Um, it's been real beneficial on there when we have uh, Governor, former Governor uh, and Ambassador Branstead. Uh, help us out on that as well. So they're quite a team. They're, they're working hard out there. Uh, and we've got a, a campaign committee of about nine or 10 individuals uh, that are helping support them. Well, good. Now, is there a kickoff event or anything for this campaign? Are you going to have a party or a reception? Or well, you always got to have a kickoff and a party, <laughs> Tom. Yeah, <laughs> right. absolutely. So we are, uh, and it's going to be April 29th. We're going to hold it. At, we felt it was important to hold in West Branch. Now, one of the things on it is, is with the library, with the current status, um, you know, you can't hold programming, so forth like that. So we're actually going to hold it at uh, Little Lights on the Lane, which is a new event center in West Branch. It's about a year or two old out by, uh, for people that are familiar with West Branch, we call it out at the golf course. That's uh, mm-hmm. a beautiful facility uh, used mostly for weddings uh, on there, but we're going to hold the kickoff out there on Friday, April 29th on there. Now, can I attend? Do I have to pay to attend or can I just show up and... Are you, this you pressure that, no, me to give money. No, this. no, we, you know, no, no charge, Tom. So uh, <laughs> we'll be happy to have you out. They bring your checkbook just in case, right? You could definitely. <laughs> we'll, we'll always, we we'll always take the checkbook on yeah. there. So, but uh, no, it'll be a good kickoff. Um, we'll have exhibits as far as what the what the um, renovation is going to look like. We're putting together a video. Uh, as well. And of course, uh, Margaret will be there as long, along with Governor Branstead and several members of the uh, committee, as well as our board of trustees who was having a meeting that afternoon. So there'll be, we anticipate 250, 300 people. Well, great. Mm-hmm. That's, that's exciting. No, I think it's a huge thing for this area. I mean, I really do. I think in 
have a professional library that's up to up to date with exhibits and interactive. It's, I don't know. It's it's exciting. Well, it, and it is. And one of the things that we're really looking at is to try and do more uh, collaboration with the community. Um, you know, not only in West Branch, but with Iowa City and Cedar Rapids, and and tie in different things and speakers uh, on there. I, I, we just want it to be a real resource. Oh, great. Interesting. Well, tell me about um, other things like. Um, and you're managing this group and the whole foundation. Uh, do you have a favorite business leader or people you've uh, been mentors to you that you want to share with our group, our, our audience? Well, that that is a gr- that's a great question. Um, I would say, especially early on when I took the job in uh, at, at Hoover, uh, just a great mentor was Charlie Becker mm-hmm. with Camp Courageous. Charlie was our our board chair at the time, and uh, you know his. His insights, because he'd been involved with a lot of the people, was just invaluable on there. And, and Charlie's just a, a wonderful person. And of course, then as we got on, I, I used to chide him. I go, "Well, that Charlie, that works great for Camp Courageous, but it may not work here." And <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would I would jokingly tell him, "Well, this isn't Camp Courageous South now, Charlie." <laughs> right. <laughs> but but it's just his insights. And, and Charlie just loves history and uh, mm-hmm. loves Herbert Hoover and and, uh, and the Hoover family, and they've got a great relationship. Charlie Becker was a as was a real good influential to start with on okay. there. So, now do you have a favorite book or uh, favorite movie or anything like that you could you know share with the people? I, I hardly watch any movies anymore. Right, uh, I know there, the feeling. Yeah, on there, but you know, and and probably my favorite book sometimes is the last book I read. And right now, I am just finishing up the the uh, book by uh, uh, David Bluter. And it's oh, a yeah. great book yeah. on there. If anybody hasn't read it yet, you ought to get a copy of it. I mean, it's just it's just amazing how, how he put that one together on there. And uh, so that's probably my favorite book. And I'm trying to think what the name uh, name of it yeah, is I know, right it's now. About, it's about sports gambling book, yeah, right? Yeah, it's about sports gambling yeah, no. <laughs> and uh, and the mafia. And, uh, it, and you know, it's set in, you know, part of it is set in Iowa City uh, with the University of Iowa. And, and uh, it, he did a great job with that. So. Well, good. Well, mm-hmm. I'll have to pick that up and read mm-hmm. that. That sounds very interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, great. Well, anything else we should cover here then uh, as far as your um, – yeah, philosophies of management or well, work-life I, balance or I, I you know people ask me what you know what what our philosophy is at at the Hoover Presidential Foundation and and I I always especially I think we've, it's important that we have a culture of serving uh, which is be just like Herbert Hoover mm-hmm. and one of the things that I always say tongue in cheek I says you know if ever in doubt what to do is you know it's WWHD what would Hoover do mm-hmm. on there and I always feel that. You know, Hoover had a real good sense, uh, and especially with morals and uh, just good common sense. Uh, and, you know, if we take that aspect and think about, okay, would this be pleasing to him? We're always usually going to be in pretty good shape, I think, on there. Right. So, you know, Hoover was just uh, an organizational genius. I mean, what, you know, the way he put together the Commission for the Relief of Belgium uh, during World right. War uh, One and, and fed millions. I mean, you know, and frankly, we're going to need somebody like that right now with Ukraine oh, you uh, on there. Yeah. Can't so, agree more, yeah. so um, anyway, it, 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 I hate to say it, but a lot of times history repeats itself, and uh, we need somebody like Hoover again. Right. Well, this has been fun. It's a great story. Your background, you sort of started out just working hard, and and, and here, here you are. So it's a real, a real story about, you know, how you be, become and successful. I, and I think, Tom, you know, a lot of people, I mean, I've worked in the nonprofit world now for the last 25 plus years, and I never would have thought that when I started off working in a grocery store. Right. But, uh, 
Uh, and, and you're right. I think, you know, work hard, be flexible and continually learn uh, on there. And that's that's what I've always tried to do personally. I think it's important to always look to try and improve yourself every day, even if it's just a little bit, if it's doing some additional reading about subjects uh, and just learning about people. Um, I, I, you, doors will start opening up. Yeah. Well, it's a great story. Mm-hmm. Well, I've had fun today uh, with Jerry Flagel, the uh, president and CEO of the Hoover Presidential Li- Foundation. And I guess if you want to uh, uh, learn more or get involved, mark down April 29th. Uh, you can show up at their kickoff maybe, but bring your checkbook, I guess. <laughs> and if you want to get some uh, tax credits for the state of Iowa, Jerry's got the program for you. Uh, we do, and it, and it, especially uh, tax time this time of year, you can take a look at that. And uh, it's a wonderful way to help support a local um, project uh, on there, and you'll also benefit tax-wise. Yeah, so if I understand this, uh, if you can get 25% of your of your money, your money back from the state of Iowa. It, it, is really, that right? that, that's what I it give is. I give 1000 bucks that you would pay on I your, get 250 back free. That you would pay on your state taxes and these tax credits you can also carry them forward for 5 years. So okay. um, so I mean you can take care of your state taxes for the next 5 years, Tom. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I remember that. Well, Jerry, thanks a lot. It's been uh, it's been fun uh, doing this and um, I'll follow the campaign and we'll uh, hopefully this will go well. Thank you very much for having me on. Thank you. Tom's New Best Friend is brought to you by West Bank. This Corridor Business Journal podcast is produced by Joe Coffey of Coffee Grande Studios. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at CB Journal.